Welcome to TSX Quarterly, the podcast that brings you publicly available earnings calls from companies listed on the Toronto Stock Exchange in one convenient location. Gone are the days of looking through confusing websites. You'll find the important information right here. Enjoy the call. Welcome to UniSelect Inc.'s 2021 second quarter results conference call. At this time, all lines are in the listen-only mode. Following the presentation, we will conduct a question and answer session. If at any time during this call you require immediate assistance, please press star zero for the operator. Note that today's call is being recorded. Bonjour, mesdames et messieurs, et bienvenue à la conférence téléphonique sur les résultats du deuxième trimestre 2021 de UniSelect Inc. En ce moment, toutes les lignes sont en mode d'écoute seulement. Après la présentation, nous procéderons à une séance de questions et réponses. Si à tout moment, vous avez besoin d'une assistance immédiate, veuillez appuyer sur l'étoile 0 pour obtenir l'opérateur. L'appel d'aujourd'hui est enregistré. Je voudrais maintenant passer la conférence à Louis Junot, chef de la direction Affaires juridiques et administration et secrétaire corporatif. And I would like to turn the conference over to Louis Junot, Chief Legal and Administrative Officer and Corporate Secretary. Please go ahead. Thank you, Sylvie. Uh, good morning, everyone, and thank you for joining us uh, with, for the UNICELEC second quarter conference call. Presenting this morning are Brian McManus, Executive Chair and CEO of UNICELEC, and Anthony Pagano, Chief Financial Officer. Following their comments, we will open the call for questions. Please note that all documents referred to in today's conference call, including this webcast presentation, can be found on our website at unicelect.com in the Investors section. As noted on slide two, I would like to remind you about the caution regarding forward-looking statements, which is applied to our presentation and comments. All amounts are expressed in US dollars, except as otherwise specified. With that, let me turn the call over to Brian. Thank you, Louis. Good morning, everyone, and thank you for joining us for our second quarter results conference call. I would like to give a warm welcome to the financial community, many of whom I know from my previous days at Stella Jones. I am excited to be back in front of you and look forward to renewing and building relationships with you again as we provide quarterly updates on the progress of UniSelect. I've been in the driver's seat at UniSelect for just over two months now, but I am pleased by the initial steps we have taken in this short amount of time. I've had the pleasure of speaking with many senior management team members across all three business units and have toured our U.S. operations a few weeks ago, visiting the corporate office as well as branches and DCs. This has started to give me a better feel for the operations and what is required to drive the path forward. My first order of business is to rebuild the leadership team. We need bench strength to be successful. Having the right person in the right position makes all the difference. You may have noticed that we have made substantial changes to our executive leadership team in the second quarter. Besides Anthony and I, who are new to the table, we recently promoted Emily Godet to the position of President and Chief Operating Officer of the Canadian Automotive Group. I am delighted to see the talent in our team and pleased to have an internal member of our organization 
who already knows the importance we place on supporting our partners and developing our business to serve our clients, take on this role. We appointed Sally Dowling as Interim President and Chief Operating Officer of TPA following the resignation of Neil Croxit. While a search is underway for a permanent leader of this business unit, Sally is uniquely positioned to lead the business in the interim, having recently served as CFO of TPA. Finally, Natalie Giroux stepped down from her role as Chief People Officer and Vice President of Human Resources for the Canadian Automotive Group in July, and we have decided not to replace this dual role. These changes and those to come will position the corporation to focus on operational excellence and to capture future growth opportunities. Over the near term, in the next 12 to 18 months, we will focus on aligning the three businesses with our vision for the future. Each business unit will focus on the execution of select key priorities to successively, successfully set the foundation for future growth. We believe that fewer but more impactful initiatives will drive a greater bang for our buck. The objective is to drive profitability, not just by cost savings, but more importantly, by how to better serve our customers and members efficiently. In parallel, we will identify opportunities whenever and wherever possible. We are positioning the business for the long term and see many opportunities ahead in all three businesses. While continuing to improve operations remains our top priority, we see potential for consolidation further down the road, which we believe will be a component of driving our businesses to the next level. On that note, let me turn to page five for the key highlights of the second quarter. We are very pleased with our second quarter results, which reflect strong market recovery from the worst of the pandemic and sequential improvement in the business. Consolidated sales for the second quarter were up 38% to $416 million from $303 million last year, primarily attributable to organic growth of 29%, reflecting a strong rebound in all our business segments from the trough of the pandemic set in Q2 last year. This is coupled with a favorable impact from currency conversion of 9%. While organic sales continue to improve on a sequential basis, they remain below 2019 levels. In turn, adjusted EBITDA more than doubled to $34 million, or a margin of 8.2%, compared to $15 million, or a margin of 4.9%, last year. This performance was largely driven by improved sales, additional rebates, price increases, and benefits from cost savings. These factors were partially offset by higher expenses related to a fully operational business and higher net stock-based compensation due primarily by the large increase in our stock price during the quarter. This in itself represented approximately $3 million. As a result of higher adjusted EBITDA and lower financial expenses, our adjusted EPS increased from a loss of $0.23 cents per share to a profit of $0.21 cents per share. Given our improved profitability, we generated solid cash flow from operations in the second quarter, which we used to substantially reduce our total net debt. Finally, in June, we amended and restated our credit agreement, which preserves our liquidity and flexibility while meaningfully reducing our cost of borrowing. We estimate that had this amended facility been in place at the beginning of the quarter, our net finance cost would have been approximately $2 million lower.
I will now turn the call over to Anthony to complete the financial review. Anthony? Thank you, Brian. I'll point uh, those on the call to page seven of the presentation. Before I discuss the results from our three segments, I would like to touch upon certain one-time items that negatively impacted EBITDA by approximately $34 million in the second quarter. The first relates to inventory obsolescence. During the quarter, we changed the estimates used to determine our inventory obsolescence provision at Finishmaster. This resulted in a one-time obsolescence expense of $20.6 million. The change in estimates mainly results from our in-depth review of the operations, which aim to better align our current product portfolio with evolving customer needs. In essence, we have taken a deep dive into our inventory and have identified those products which we do not believe will sell through over the course of their useful lives. The second material one-time item relates to severance expense of approximately $10 million, primarily due to the departure of certain executives in the first half of 2021. Both these expenses are one-time items and have been excluded from the calculation of adjusted EBITDA. Turning to page eight for a review of Finish Master. Both sales and organic growth increased by 20, 28% to 171 million due to recovery in sales from the trough set in the second quarter of last year. Organic growth continued its sequential improvement of the past year and turned positive for the first time in almost two years. That being said, sales remain below 2019 levels. Adjusted EBITDA also continued its sequential improvement, reaching 13.2 million or a margin of 7.7% compared to 4.5 million or a margin of 3.3% for the same period last year. This significant improvement was primarily driven by additional sales volume, the benefit from cost savings and price increases. While we are pleased by the improved financial results from Finishmaster, both Brian and I are encouraged by the prospects for future operational improvement in the business. Turning to page nine for the Canadian Automotive Group, sales reached 145 million, up 27% from 114 million last year. This group, this growth, was driven by organic growth as well as favorable currency conversion effects. Organic growth of 12.3% reflects the recovery from trough levels of sales set in the second quarter of last year. Adjusted EBITDA reached 17.7 million, or a margin of 12.2%, up from 12.9 million, or a margin of 11.3% for the same period last year. This improvement was mainly driven by additional sales volume and additional vendor rebates. For the fourth consecutive quarter, CAG reported an improvement in adjusted EBITDA and margin versus the comparable quarter of the previous year, and has maintained a margin of over 10% during this period. Please keep in mind that CAG benefited from over $4 million of government subsidies in the third quarter of last year, which will not be repeated in, in the next quarter or our Q3 2021 results. Turning to page 11 for the parts alliance. Sales reached 100 million, an increase of over 80% from the same period last year, mainly driven by organic grow, growth and the positive effect of currency conversion. Organic growth of 62.6% reflects the recovery from the depressed levels set in the second quarter last year. While organic growth continues to improve, sales remain below 2019 levels. We note that we expect the seasonality of the TPA business to change, as government mandates have shifted the timing of mandatory motor vehicle inspections to the second half of the year. 
Recall that these inspections have historically been a catalyst for automotive aftermarket sales. Adjusted EBITDA for the Parts Alliance reached 8.3 million or a margin of 8.3%, up from 0.3 million or a margin of 0.6% last year. This improvement is driven by additional sales volume, the benefit of cost savings, and price increases. For the fourth consecutive quarter, TPA has improved its adjusted EBITDA and margin over the corresponding period of last year. Turning to page 12 for comments relating to our cash flow. We generated 43 million of of cash flow from operations in the second quarter, compared to 35 million last year. This improvement was mainly due to our improved profitability and an ongoing focus on working capital and disciplined capital spending. After accounting for net investments in merchant advances, as well as CapEx and intangibles, we generated free cash flow of $41 million in the second quarter versus $33 million for the same period last year. Please note that we have reviewed our definition of free cash flow in the quarter and comparative figures were adjusted accordingly. You can find the updated definition in the MD&A, but in short, we have included changes in working capital and investments in intangibles into our definition of free cash flow. This change in definition makes comparisons to the 2020 quarters a little more challenging as 2020 was largely characterized by the partial right-sizing of working capital. That being said, we feel that the modified definition of free cash flow more closely aligns with how we manage the business and the definition expected by the investment community. Turning to our financial position on page 13, given our active cash management and improved profitability, our total net debt decreased in the second quarter. As at the end of the quarter, our total net debt stood at $348 million, including $98 million of IFRS 16 lease obligation. This represents a decrease of $35 million versus $383 million at the end of Q1. Driven by our higher adjusted EBITDA and lower total debt, our leverage ratio decreased to 2.9 times in Q2 2021, from 3.8 times at the end of the first quarter of this year. Turning to page 14, on June 25th, we amended and restated our credit facility. We reduced the facility from 565 million to 500 million, and the facility now includes a $350 million secured long-term revolving credit facility, as well as two secured term facilities for a total principal amount of $150 million. The revolving credit facility can be repaid at any time without penalty, and matures on June 30th, 2023. The term facilities also mature on June 30th, 2023, but have quarterly repayment obligations of $5 million. Any remaining balances are payable on June 30th, 2023. These changes to our credit facility allow us to preserve liquidity while materially reducing our cost of borrowing. To put this in perspective, as Brian previously stated, we estimate that our net finance costs for the second quarter would have been approximately $2 million lower if the credit facility had been entered into at the beginning of the quarter. We have also been able to improve flexibility as provisions governing permitted acquisitions, permitted indebtedness, dispositions, capital expenditures, and EBITDA addbacks have been favorably amended. In addition, we transitioned back to a more conventional covenant structure including net debt to EBITDA and EBITDA over interest compared to previous metrics 
based on liquidity and minimum EBITDA. Turning to page 15, we've provided our new financial covenants in a table format for your convenience. At the end of the second quarter, we had approximately $247 million of liquidity, subject to financial covenants, and a total net debt to EBITDA ratio of less than 2.5 times, with an EBITDA to interest expense ratio in excess of five times. We were therefore well in compliance with all of our covenants. I will now turn the call over to Brian for concluding remarks. Brian? Thank you, Anthony. I would ask uh, that you please turn to slide 17. In summary, we are seeing continuing positive momentum and continue to see sequential improvement in our business. We are also very encouraged by the preliminary opportunities we have observed. We will not be introducing overall guidance at this time. However, based on what we are seeing in the second half of the year, we can confidently say that we expect to finish 2021 with increased adjusted EBITDA and adjusted EPS as compared to 2020. Having said this, there are two potential headwinds that could impact our results. The first is the resurgence of COVID-19 in the fall, and the second is the worsening of global supply chain shortages. While our team has done a great job managing through these so far, it could become increasingly challenging going forward. Recall that CAG and TPA are more likely to be impacted by the global supply chain shortages than finished master. This concludes our presentation. We are now ready to answer your questions. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, if you do have any questions at this time, please press star followed by one on your touchtone phone. You will then hear a three-tone prompt acknowledging your request. And if you would like to withdraw your question, simply press star followed by two. And if you are using a speakerphone, we do ask that you please lift the handset before pressing any keys. Please go ahead and press star one now if you have a question. And your first question will be from Benoit Poirier at Desjardins. Please go ahead. Yeah, good morning, gentlemen, and congratulations on the very uh, strong start. Uh, Brian, you already gave some color with your first impression about Uniselec. I was just wondering what are the key elements you're looking at and where do you see the greatest potential for consolidation uh, among the three business units? Uh, thanks, Benoit, and uh, good morning. Uh, in terms of opportunities, um, really it applies to all three business units from a standpoint of, uh, you know, we see a lot of opportunities uh, and, and going to be driving all three over the next uh, sort of 12 to 18 months, uh, focusing on operational excellence. Uh, in regards to your questions of consolidation, um, at this point, um, we actually see all three businesses with potential opportunity to consolidate you know, what we view as a fragmented market in, in all three business units. But again, our, our near-term focus is really going to be on delivering value to our customers and ensuring operational excellence. Okay, that's great. And, and Tony, from a free cash flow standpoint, did very strong, and you gave the, the color on what drove the free cash flow in the quarter. I, I was just wondering about the sustainability uh, in the coming quarter, and where would you expect to end the year uh, in terms of leverage uh, for the entire year? Yeah, uh, thanks for the question, Benoit. Um, look, we're we're not going to provide any any specific guidance or goalposts around around leverage and leverage met metrics. Um, 
What I would say in regards to the quarter is, um, and if you, you take a quick peek at the cash flow statement, there, there is a large, uh, a large cash flow benefit from accounts payable. Um, you know, that, that is unlikely to repeat itself in such magnitude. Um, the, the guidance I will give you here, Benoit, is, you know, we're, we're likely to, uh, to end uh, the year at, you know, roughly around the same debt levels we are, we are today. And, you know, plus, plus or minus on that, of course, but um, li- likely to stay flattish from a, from a net debt perspective. Okay, that's great. And last one for me. I was wondering whether the stronger cash position gives you enough flexibility to start a more aggressive growth strategy, or um, would you still like to, to, uh, to, to take your time and see better flexibility before becoming more aggressive in terms of growth strategy? Yeah, look, I think both, both Brian and I have, um, have been in the market. Um, I think we're, we're encouraged by everything that we've seen. Um, particularly as it pertains to, um, you know, focusing on driving operational excellence in the businesses. So that's, uh, as Brian's mentioned, that's really the, that's really the near-term priority. Um, but certainly you've seen, you've seen the deleveraging and, you know, that, that does create a certain amount of, of flexibility, but the focus remains very much on, uh, on uh, operational excellence here going forward. That, that's great. Thank you very much for the time. I'll, I'll get back in the queue. Thanks, Benoit. Thank you. Next question will be from Naman Sati at Laurentian Bank. Please go ahead. Uh, hi, good morning, and congrats on the good quarter. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, so my first question is more on the finish master side. Um, quite a good improvement on the margin side. I'm just wondering, how do you think of that business? Um, is there still room for more improvement, or, or you know, uh, how do you think of that business in a big picture more? I- I would say we, you know, again, I'll, I'll apply it to all businesses, but uh, your question specifically on Finish Master, we do uh, see continued opportunities to, to improve upon uh, the business, um, both in terms of, of efficiencies, but also in terms of how we approach the market and deal with our clients. So we do see uh, opportunities there for sure. Okay, that, that's fair. And secondly, if, uh, if you could speak about cost pressures or labor shortages, how how is that environment is that manageable or you're thinking that you know going forward there will be some cost pressures and and some labor shortages it's currently manageable um certainly you know like most industries we're feeling uh labor cost pressures uh, i would say it's it's regional um even within the business units themselves but it's something uh, our team has a close eye on and you know we'll we'll adjust as necessary to ensure that we can continue to drive our business Okay, that's right. And maybe just last one uh, for the UK business. I mentioned that you've mentioned uh, that you've been out and meeting a lot of businesses. Is the UK business you've visited that one as well? Is is that somehow any different, uh, uh, or is is that that offers more growth opportunity in terms of consolidation, or is it uh, is it the same across all three segments? It's the same across all three. Unfortunately, uh, the current uh, restrictions uh, due to COVID have have limited our ability to get over to the UK, but it. It is on our uh, list uh, to get there as, uh, as soon as uh, Canadians are welcome to come. <laughs> uh, fair enough. Uh, thanks for the color, and once again, congrats on the quarter. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Next question will be from Zachary Evershed at National Bank. Please go ahead. Good morning, everyone. Congrats on the quarter. Thanks, Zach. Thank you. 
Uh, so it's great to hear that there are still improvements to be made at Finish Master, and in fact, all three segments. Uh, could you give us examples of the initiatives you're pursuing under the Continuous Improvement Plan? Uh, hey Zach, look, I think I think there's I think there's a number of them. Um, you know, going forward, we we won't be referencing any specific plan um, or providing uh, color on any specific initiatives. Gotcha. Thanks. And then to clarify your stance on no formal guidance, should we disregard the figures put out there by the prior management team? Um, look, I think I don't want to I don't want to go down the list and say yes and no because that's <laughs> that's just a form of providing guidance, right? So I'll I'll stay I'll stay mute on that topic. Understood. Thanks. And then to beat a dead horse a bit on the <laughs> acquisition opportunities, could you rank your capital allocation priorities for us and where you get more comfortable comfortable returning capital to shareholders look I, I think there's um, there's a there's a few parts to that question right um, our capital allocation priority first and foremost is uh, is the reduction of our debt uh, which we've made material progress on here going forward um, you know as it as it pertains to returning capital to shareholders ultimately uh, ultimately that's a decision of our of our board. Um, so, so um, those. That's. Uh, I, I hope that answers the question. That does. Thanks. I'll turn it over. Thank you. Thank you. Next question will be from Daryl Young at TD Securities. Please go ahead. Good morning, gentlemen. Hi, Daryl. Uh, first question is on, on the UK uh, and just the competitive environment there. I think I think two of your large uh, competitors there. Talked about uh, taking market share in the region and, and, and ramping up, and I just if you could maybe provide a little bit of color on what you're seeing there and, and uh, whether your growth is is market related or, or taking share as well. Uh, well, I would start by saying our team is doing an excellent job of, of holding our position in the market. Uh, the growth is certainly just you know bouncing off of what was a very low level last year. Um, we are also looking at a, a couple of uh, greenfield opportunities ourselves for some expansion uh, in some of the areas where we're missing uh, branches to, to serve our customers. But uh, overall, we're very satisfied with the, the performance of uh, TPA. Okay, great. And then um, maybe a bit of a nitty-gritty question on Finish Master, but um, we continue to see the body shop consolidation happen arguably at an accelerating pace. Um, and I'm just curious about the history of providing paint incentives. So to some of the smaller players, um, you know, pre-pandemic, there seemed to be um, some, some more aggressive uh, paint incentives being applied. Would you expect those to ebb in the future as, as this consolidation story continues and, and the, the large MSOs continue to negotiate directly with the paint OEMs? Um, Hey, I'll, I'll take that one. It's Anthony. Um, so, you know, from our from our perspective, and we're, we're not going to comment too much on the activities of our of our competitors, but you know, we we continue to um, you know you, you you see that pretty clearly in our cash flow statement. We continue to uh, to invest in customer incentives where appropriate. Um, we won't provide any um, any any guidance on what that's going to look like going forward. Okay. And then maybe just one last one uh, around the uh, inventory purchasing rebates. Is there anything um, large in, in the last quarter, just as you, you know, work through a bit of a ramp up and restocking, or should we expect any any kind of upside from those um, as the as the recovery progresses? 
look, I think I think we're we're being we're being very thoughtful and very methodical in the way that we're looking at our inventory levels. Um, you know, we we want to be cautious, and we have a, a very high focus here on on working capital. Um, so I think that's that's sort of philosophically the direction to to ask you um, to answer your question a bit more uh, a bit more directly. Um, you know, the business naturally has ebbs and flows of of rebates coming in and out. Um, I wouldn't call anything uh, anything specific or material during the quarter. Okay, great. Uh, thanks, guys. That's all from me. Good good quarter. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Next question will be from Jonathan Lemers at BMO. Please go ahead. Thanks. Brian, I realize it's early days. Uh, would you be in a position to comment on the white space that you see for the three businesses and for uh, Finish Master in particular? Uh, it, it, no, <laughs> I, think, I think your first part of your question kind of answered it. It's still early days, uh, getting to understand sort of our positioning in the different regional markets. Uh, we recognize there is white space and, and, and definitely opportunity. But again, the near-term focus is just going to be on getting that operational excellence and, and ensuring we're providing great value to our customers. And from there, we'll be able to, you know, look for great opportunities uh, beyond, let's say, the next 12 to 15 or 12 to 18 months. Okay, thanks. Uh, the press release mentioned supply chain challenges, uh, but sales seems seem to have been good. Uh, have these had a material impact on fill rates, or, or do you expect them to going forward? Look, I think I think we've done a reasonable job of managing it. Um, you know, it's it's uh, it, it'll be no news to anyone uh, to hear that um, there are cost cost pressures uh, across across all industries. Um, there are rising input costs, particularly for products um, manufactured in the Orient, um, where the shipping rates have. Uh, have 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 literally exploded. Um, you know that being said, I, I think our teams have been very proactive here in managing this, and we're we're quite pleased by uh, by how it's being uh, how it's being managed uh, in our various divisions. I've always thought that uh, this business has a good ability to pass on cost inflation through pricing. Uh, does that seem to be something you would agree with? Um, look, I think yeah. I think we've we've called out one of the drivers of uh, of uh, of the EBITDA margin improvement to be to be price increases. So, I I, I would certainly agree with that with that statement. Uh, you know, to 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 a to a limit, right? Um, you know, naturally we have to always monitor ourselves in the in the competitive environment and see where we stand versus uh, versus our peers, and that's something that we that we keep a watchful eye on as we um, as we determine our own pricing strategies. Thanks. Uh, and one thing absent from the slides seems to be commentary on the July uh, sales trends. Is there any color that you can give us on on the organic sales into Q3 by business? Yeah, that's uh, specifically not there on purpose. That's something we will no longer be providing uh, going forward. Okay, thank you for your comments. All right, thank you. Thank you. Next question will be from Carolina Jolie at Gabelli. Please go ahead. Uh, hi, thank you for taking my question and uh, great job on the quarter. Uh, first of all, I was just wondering, not specific to Uniflex, but just 
overall the the finished master environment, um, refinished business, collision. Um, can you just talk about what you're seeing there? Is it all just about congestion? Um, and in terms of cadence, is there are there any signs where we're seeing um, more more congestion or or um, a, an industry industry trend um, back towards 2019 level? We're not there yet. We are seeing uh, you know the the trend starting to uh, starting to pick up, but. You're right in your question in regards to you know traffic congestion, and obviously the results on the refinished business. But uh, if we look back to 2019, um, you know the, the the data we're seeing is still down about uh, 10 to 15 percent. So we're not uh, we're not back to where we were in 2019. But hopefully, as you know, if, if you know COVID doesn't resurface, people will be back out, and we'll we'll start to see the business pick up again. Thanks. And then this, and just a quick question in terms of the inventory obsolescence. Um, is there any, I guess, is there any industry trend or that would would be continue to be an issue where you know um, um, the, there's so much innovation that that um, this happens more often, or is this kind of a, an obvious one-time uh, issue? I, I, I think this falls into the uh, the obvious one-time issue. Okay, great. Thank you for your answers. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you. Next question will be from Benoit Poirier at Desjardins. Please go ahead. Yeah, so just in terms of priority, uh, Anthony, you mentioned about the reduction of debt is priority number one. What would be kind of your targeted level where you, you would feel more optimal or comfortable uh, range? I'll, uh, I'll answer that as Brian would. Uh, lower. <laughs> um, so, so no, no, but, but uh, I mean Benoit. Um, you know, we're we're uh, we're gonna for the time being, we're gonna direct all of the free cash flow, the majority of the free cash flow towards uh, towards debt repayment. Um, and then, you know, as we as we come down here, um, and as uh, capital allocation opportunities present themselves, then we'll certainly con uh, contemplate those um, on their own based on our overall structure. So I think that. You know, giving giving a direct answer to that is um, is, is tough. Okay, maybe a, a bit of a tough one here, but what would be kind of your the consolidated EBITDA margin that would support your thoughts around operational excellence? Let's say in about eighteen months, and when you say uh, the goal is to better serve customers, are there any some specific matrix? Uh, that, that we should look at, that you would like to improve down the road? Well, I, I think we certainly would like to see our, our sales and our market reach improve um, within every market in terms of, you know, uh, what we're going to bring uh, from a standpoint of customer value. Uh, but a little unclear on your question, Ben, one regards to uh, the out 12 to 18 months from now. Just if you could repeat it. I'm, I'm sorry. Oh, and probably it's still early days, but are there any targeted, uh, consolidated EBITDA margin that could support your thoughts about where you see the potential in terms of operational excellence in, in let's say, 18 months uh, forward? Yeah, but, but Benoit, I, uh, I, uh, we're not going to provide that <laughs> guidance here on uh, on future EBITDA margins. <laughs> 
Yes. Or, or, or like the debt being lower, we want to say higher. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. And maybe very quickly on Finnish Master, uh, I was wondering uh, whether you could quantify the impact of the price increase or was it part normal uh, course of business, so not much material in the quarter, Anthony? It's normal course of business, Benoit. Perfect. Okay. Thank you again. Thank you, Thank you Benoit. Thank you. As a reminder, ladies and gentlemen, if you would like to ask a question, please press star followed by one on your touchtone phone. And your next question will be from Zachary Evershed at National Bank. Hey, one quick follow-up. What's your view on the recovery and collision frequency given the disruption of rush hour traffic, perhaps due to more flexible hybrid work arrangements being a larger factor for longer? Uh I wouldn't really have a, a good answer on that, uh, Zach. I think we really want to. We'll, we're, we're hopeful that we're going to see it move back to 2019, but I think at this point it's hard to really say whether you know uh, the work from home um, and you know people not going into the office as much is going to have what that overall effect will be on the uh, on the, the congestion and rush hour traffic, as you point out, and in turn the collision uh, part of the equation. So. Um, I wouldn't be able to give you an answer. All I can tell you is we, we hope it's going to go back to, to similar levels is, is my answer. Gotcha. And and the trend that you're seeing in paint orders thus far encouraging? Yeah, it is. I mean, we, we can see the growth. Uh, you can see it in the financials. The the sales are, are, are coming up. But again, our, our comparative year of, of 2020 is uh, was a, a low point, but we're Hopeful that we'll start to see it uh, track closer to 2019. Appreciate the color. Great. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And at this time, gentlemen, we have no further questions. Please proceed. Thank you, operator. And uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. We look forward to updating you on our progress during our next quarterly call. Have a great day. Thank you, sir. Ladies and gentlemen, this does indeed conclude your conference call for today. Once again, thank you for attending. And at this time, we do ask that you please disconnect your lines. Thank you for listening to TSX Quarterly. If you enjoyed the cast, remember to leave a good rating. And remember, for any additional inquiries, please consult the company's investor relations section on their website. See you next time.